In this episode of the Encourage Inspire podcast, I'm joined by hip hop artist entertainment attorney Tracy Lee. This was a great episode, man. Me and Tracy first start the episode by talking about how we first got connected through New School Rules and how that's just a great platform for to help people become global and get overseas. As well as uh, we talk about his early introduction to music and being connected to music at church and and his mom really loving gospel music and R&B, which he obviously really enjoyed. And that ultimately led to him getting the buck to entertain by entertain, by trying to direct the choir. And that ultimately led to him being introduced to hip hop by rap, with Rapper's Delight. And then in the early 80s, being introduced to, to Melly Mel, which, and Tina Rock and LL Cool J, which really gave him the itch to want to rap himself. And then he started to chase a record deal, you know, all the way up to high school graduation. And he ultimately decided to attend Harvard University to study mass communications, you know, because he thought he wanted to be a sports commentator, you know, and then that didn't last too long to what he met, you know, his a couple guys that were ended up becoming very well known later on in the music industry is Derek D. Angeletti and Ron Lawrence, who really got him to get the love back for music again. And he was pretty much straightforward trying to pursue music. And then that ultimately led to him getting a deal with uh, By Storm Entertainment, which is Mark Pitts' uh, company, and him ultimately signing that deal in the mid-90s to him releasing his debut album, you know, uh, debut album, Many Faces, in 1997. And he's worked with he's worked with a lot of se- several people that we may know, obviously Notorious B.I.G., Kanye West, Busta Rhymes, you know, just to name a few. And so, you know, he definitely had some success on the Billboard charts. And then, you know, towards the late end of the 90s, experiencing some negative situations in the media business that, and then also in the early 2000s, caused him to have to decide to make a pivot, and that's when he decided he wanted to go to law school and become an entertainment attorney. And he uh, has been practicing uh, entertainment law for the last 14 years, since 2007, and worked with people like Solange Knowles, you know, Kelly Rowland, Eric Roberson, Algebra Blessed, just to name a few. Um, we also talk about the fact that he is has spent some time as an educator at Coppin State teaching music business, as well as he's been on the board of several trade organizations, sorry, several industry trade associations in the entertainment industry. And I asked her about the diversity of that as well. I was just a great episode, guys. I hope you guys enjoy it and uh, have fun.
What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Encourage Inspire Podcast. It's episode number 27. And we got my guy, a hip-hop artist and attorney, entertainment attorney, Tracy Lee, with me today. What's going on, bro? All is well, D. All is well, man. Can't can't thank you enough for, you know, inviting me into your platform, you know what I mean? So we can chop it up a little bit, but everything is good, brother. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. It's a pleasure to connect with you, man. I mean, I first re- we recently connected because through, yeah. uh, shout out to New School Rules, Hank Maduro. Shout out. Shout out yeah, to man, New School I, I love, you know, I love being a partner with, with Hank. And, yes. You know, she believes in what I do and the fact that I bring artists from America over to over to the Netherlands. Obviously, we had to do it virtually this time. Yeah. But um, what her platform is absolutely amazing, what she's been able to do. Her, shout out to her and Greg, because Greg's always, Greg's behind the scenes. He's a silent guy, but he's just as important. That's right. Acknowledge him because he doesn't do social media and things like that, but he's very involved in the background of what's going on. So yeah, I, 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 t- I tell him, man, they, they, they got the best conference in the world man like literally like yeah. you know what i mean it's and, and and i'm glad it's it's, it's semi-exclusive like you know what i'm saying yeah so a lot of people don't get, know i mean there's a lot of people who have no clue about it still. exactly have no clue about oh, they don't know what new school rules is and it's like this is a big global event no doubt you know what i mean and no doubt so it's good for me because when i get a chance to to pitch it to new people and new artists that have come across you know they're excited you know, yes. excited about because I believe in helping independent artists be global. Yes, I think absolutely. so many of them, bro, care so much about being big, huge stars, and we gonna right. get into that a little bit. But it's like, dude, the world is huge. Yes. So, you, and with technology, it brings us so together. Yeah, yeah with, with technology, it brings us closer together. Right. You're right. You're right, man. And, and the truth is, you may not be big. This, look, this is the toughest market in the world to break. Action. Everybody wants to come to the states to be. Everybody wants to come to the states to break, and it's just so hard here because because people don't want to hear new stuff. They don't want to right. hear new people that do ain't doing what was normally done. Especially when we talk Preach. about mass commercial music. Preach. So Preach. by default, you kind of have to go to other markets in the world, especially mm-hmm. if you like catch that dude that boom bap like your son, mm-hmm. boom bap real lyrical hip hop. The truth is, I mean, we see the resurgence now with with Westside Gun, right. and, and the Butcher, cats yeah. like that. You know yeah. what I mean? And but the the purest of the hip hop guys is really not received well like that because a lot of those guys can't really make radio records. That's a fact. They're not gonna get on the radio, so you really fact. gotta like bars. Yep, you really gotta be into bars, and it's hard. The average mm-hmm. hip hop, the average hip hop consumer. Is it into that? That's they right. Hear. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, you know, we, we ain't gonna bash anybody, but you know what they want to hear. They want to hear, you know, yeah, they want to hear that. You yeah. know, so they want to hear the other thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so you kind of forced <laughs> to, which is again why I love what Hank is doing, because like she allows like my guy Eat Him Out Assassin. Mm-hmm. So I brought a few artists, Eat Him Out Assassin, Seven the Panther. These guys are street guys. Oh, Seven, that's my guy right there. Seven? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he came. He just, then he just performed uh, virtually. Uh, yeah, yeah, he came like yeah, last week. He came through me. He was on my 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 part of the showcase. Ah, nice. Eat Him Out Assassin told me about him, and yeah. then yeah, I put him in through my block, through my block in the showcase, and then, yeah. yeah, man, he's he's super dope, man. 
Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. There, there, and there's a, I feel good for like, there's a space for that now. Absolutely. Like, a lot of times for a lot of years, I'm like, yo, is Tess really into this real street lyrics, mm-hmm. bars, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. You no know, because either you have to be able to make you have to make songs like either Mad Assassin, he got good hooks. Mm-hmm. So he got the street lyrics, but he got hooks. So mm-hmm. he can kind of get away with this, you know, he kind of make it through because you know how to make a hook. But some yep. of these guys, especially if you come for the battle scene, right? You don't know how to make songs. Right. And there's a formula, you know, there's a formula to it. There's yeah. a form, it's a, it's a science and a formula. Like it, 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 it's no coincidence that you can really count. If you go through the annals of, of hip hop, let's just say let's let's eliminate the eighties, right? Yeah. You start from the nineties. It ain't but about you can count them maybe on two hands, maybe. Yeah. And I, and I'm and I'm really being gracious about it. Right. It's really only and I'm talking solo artists. I'm not talking groups. I'm talking yeah. solo artists that can really make songs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Review them can do it. So oh. so so it's good to, it's good to see a resurgence of that in a platform. Like new school rules that, that that gives people that option and the education, no doubt that Hank is providing. Like she said, I can't help everybody, but at least I can help you put yourself on. That's a fact. That's you know, a fact. And with people like yourself, and like I said, we're gonna get into your story, but you come from a hip, the hip hop side. But they say you're an attorney. No doubt. So that's just. It's, I mean, a lot. And I've heard this. A lot of a lot of great attorneys are usually former artists. Maybe this didn't really it didn't really work for them on the artist side. So okay, I still want to be involved in music. So I was still going to be an attorney. But you, my friend, still make great records. So it's <laughs> like, oh man, my music. You know what I mean? So yeah, no doubt, so no that's doubt. A plus to you because you know you still out here can can, can so you can play the role for on both sides. You can. That's right. You know, and so yeah, so and that was the and that was the game plan, man. I mean, you know, because yeah. I, I felt like you know we are underrepresented. You know, what I'm saying with regards yeah. to you know on that side of the fence, as far yeah. as understanding what the artist is actually going through, because you've been through it yourself, yeah. like on a on a on a certain level. Like you said, there's some art, um, some former artists that didn't quite make it, and they said, you know what. I'm going to go, you know, become an attorney or a manager or A and R or something like that. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. you know, I had some 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 pretty good success yeah, on did. that side. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, then said, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then said, hey man, I see, I, I'm in these doors and I see what it's about. And yeah. it ain't, you know, it ain't all that it's cracked up to be. Like a lot of artists are not really prepared for what's about to hit them. Once you, once that ink dries and once that camera's in your face and once you get a certain amount of notoriety, you're not really prepared for what is about to happen. So you you really not because they they really don't want you to, like they really don't want you to know. Right, they right. really. Oh man, talk to them. Really don't want talk to talk to them. What's going on behind the scenes? And I Facts. think nowadays, because we kind of the 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 record labels don't have the game control they used to have. That's a fact. So now it's different. So yep. now artists are forced to be their own record company. That's right. They're That's forced right. to be their own first everything, which is which is a great thing if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm also realizing the moment I think about it, some of these artists, honestly, they they kind of need the label because oh, they oh no, they do. Oh no, they do because it, you know what I mean. So they're not equipped because because they're not equipped, and a part of that is 
you know, and, and I get it. You want to concentrate on your craft. You want right. to concentrate on the thing that you do best. I understand right. that. And, and in a perfect world, I would love that. But right. this is the music business, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't at least have a working knowledge of how all that shit works right. as an artist, right. Right. then you're going to be short, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I tell, and I say what I say, can I tell artists, you can't, this ain't the old days. You can't just, oh, just go be an artist. You can't do that. Mm-mm. You have to be on top of your business. Like you have a, it's cool to have a manager and have. Is at the end of that, it's still your career. That's right? right. When I when I'm out, first of all, I only manage two artists. Right. Mm-hmm. One is Xavier Keys, mm-hmm. and who's an arm. I don't know if you got a chance to see him. Yes. Yes. He's absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. He's a special artist. Oh. We've been rocking together for six and a half years. We've been to six different countries. This man has a real fan base. He has about eight thousand people in his in his funnel right now. 8, See, that, that's what it's about. There's a core, so he doesn't. He's not a big name, but he's got he got die hard. Exactly. No, no, no. He took the Ryan Leslie route. You know what yes. I'm saying? That, that, that's exactly yes, Superphone. That's exactly yeah. That's exactly how he built his audience through Superphone. He got, actually he got with Ryan around 2014 before it was even officially called Superphone, mm. and has literally built his audience and. What really so when he came to me and we'll die get back to you, so I just want to share this. When he came to me, he was looking for a manager, and I always say, Hell no. I always say anybody wants to <laughs> I'm like, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? So um, so he sent me an email on my website. I responded. I said, Yo, well, hire me on some other stuff. So he ended up hiring me. We started building a relationship. So we released his first album Monday through Sunday. December 4, 2015. Mm-hmm. And in two days, he sold 300 albums. Mm. And I said, oh, well, this is this. And this is the real people. This is mm. people I read. I said, okay, well, this is this is not the norm. And mm-hmm. so that's really what got me really intrigued. It's like, man, let me get behind this, this kid now because he's got something that he's figured out something that a lot of people haven't figured out. Facts. And we're now we're not brothers because to me the only way management works is family. It's the only way. It works. That's right. The only way right. the only way management works is family. I do not look at my artists that I manage as my clients because I just doesn't. To me, it kind of feels like are oh, you just a client, whatever. Yeah. You know yep. what I mean? You don't you don't have the you don't have that 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 that. Not saying you don't have the interest. But but you don't like you're not pouring your all into it exactly. when it's just you're a not, client. Yeah, you're not when there, it feels so like it's family, like you have a vested interest in this, right, then right. you're gonna put hundred and fifty percent into it. Exactly, exactly. So that's why I always try to tell people like, oh, they call their artists, their artists, their, 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 my client. They're not your, they're not your client. If you mm-hmm. if you're really into them, they they gotta be your artists. It's gotta be family. You gotta have because see, there's gotta be trust on both sides. That's a fact, right? Because if I'm going hard for you, I gotta know. You want to go hard for me. In case That's you a know, fact. As you, as you start to garner more and more success, what happens? People start getting in your ears. That's you right. What? That's right. I can, he can't do this for you. I can do That's this for you. That's right. Get, and let's be real. Some of them think the grass is greener on the other side. That's right. Until they find out quickly that it's really not as green as they thought it was. You well, know, but but yeah, he was he was a special, special act. And then obviously Chatty Boom was another artist who was at New School Rules as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I looked up as soon as you yeah. uh, said that over there, and I, I immediately started following her on Instagram. Yeah, she's, she, dope she, she's dope. She's doing something a little different, but she's she's I in a space where where I'm helping her kind of build her foundation. You yeah. know, she's a dynamic performer. She's but she just needs to build that foundation. So so again, she um we connected when I was when I was at Full Sail one day. I'm a Full Sail University grad. Oh, okay, Full okay. Sail. that's yeah. dope. 
Yeah, that's top notch right there, boy. Yeah, I graduated. You know what I mean? Full sale, uh, 2015. But I've been in the industry 17 years. But I've been, okay. I went back to school in 2013, got my degree in entertainment business from Full Sail. Uh, Val Victorian in my class, advanced teacher, ah, and then so yes, yeah, so I I give I give back to Full Sail a lot. I'm always mentoring young people and things like that because I just love Super doing dope. that, right? Super. And yeah. so. I happened to be up at Full Sail one day. She was just there being a guest for something. And we just started having a conversation. And she could, she just liked my energy. So she set up a meeting with me and her dad. And her dad was like, I like this guy. Mm. And really, I don't want to do the management no more. I just really just want to do the production. Yeah. Girl, you come in and handle the management. And so <laughs> I said, okay, well, and it's cool. And we've become like family. So oh. that's why I say it's the only way it works. It's got to be I, that, that love on both sides. Because if it's not, then it just doesn't work to me. You're right, man. <laughs> it, it leaves room for infiltration. Exactly, you know? exactly, exactly. Yeah, so man, shout out to New School Rules. Shout out to Hector. Yes, and Greg and everybody there. So that's how we connected, man. So, but um, so tell me about like, so where are you originally from? Um, I was born in Buffalo, New York, but I was raised in Philadelphia. So, okay, um, that's was, that's that's where I call home. Well. Oh, okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. I left there when I was seven, so I don't even know. Okay, I've been a Florida twenty-eight years, Orlando. Yeah. So I'm a native New Yorker, but yeah, yeah, I'm not really I'm, a New Yorker. Nah, right? yeah, Florida's, Florida's home. Florida's home. Yeah, Florida's definitely home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're in Orlando, right? Orlando, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, my mom lives out there. I, she's oh, yeah? been out there for the last 15 years, man. So next time I come down, and we Yo, you gotta come look, it you up. gotta come let me up, bro. She oh, absolutely. What part of Orlando does she live in? She was in um uh she just she just recently moved, had a house built, but she she was on one side of town and then she went to what, what was the name of that? Um a pop. She wasn't a pop. A, a pop girl came about. I'm in. I'm in. So I'm in Castleberry Winter Park. You might not know where that is. Yeah, I know where we're in the park. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly I where we're in the park. Is, yeah. I live. yeah, I live in yep. the park. So yeah, you're not far from where not she used from, to live. About 35, 45 minutes. Now she's on the other side of Disney World. Oh, she okay. She is she near Kissimmee now? Kissimmee area. Uh, that's is that is that? I know. I know. Let me see. I have to. I, I'll figure that before we before oh, we okay. get off of this. Cool. I'll cool. tell you exactly where she is. You All know right, what I mean? Cool, cool. Yeah, man. Boy, when you come out this way, man, we definitely got to get together. Oh no, no, no. That's a must. That's a That's must. That's for sure. You know That's for saying? sure. So you from? So you born in Buffalo? Upstate, but raised in Philly. Raised yep. in Philly. Okay, yep. cool. That's, cool. That's that's home. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. North Philly, South Philly, South Southwest, Southwest. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, um. Tell me about your first introduction to music, man. Like, what was that like? Oh, man. Um, I grew up in a household where it was, you know, it was I, I, me and my pop have a great relationship. But, okay. you know, saying now, definitely. But in the beginning, it was just me and mom. So right, right, you know, right. My, mom, you know, and, and, and mom had three had has three sisters. Um, and, you know, they play music all the time in the house. And then, you know, um, my mom is heavy in the gospel. Uh, mm-hmm. heavy, you know, that that's like her main genre, you know. Okay. What I mean, and this is around the time of Edwin and Walter Hawkins, yeah. uh, 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 Andre Crouch, right? Um, you know, right. what I'm saying like some of the early contemporary gospel artists, you know, what right. I'm saying this was, you know, post, uh, you know, uh, uh James Cleveland, Mahalia Jackson, mm-hmm. um. You know, this is the Clark sisters, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? All of these contemporary gospel artists where it still felt 
a little like R&B, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. She was also heavy into R&B, you know, plenty of Stevie Wonder, plenty of Michael Jackson, Jackson 5, plenty of, you know what I'm saying? Like plenty of that in the crib, right. fire, all of that, you know what I mean? So right. that was my introduction into music. And I started playing drums in church when I was five. Okay. Five is five or six. And I was really like playing for the, for the, well, let me take it back a little bit more. I was okay. kind of like my grandmother used to take me to church and I was like fake, like I was directing the choir at like two okay. or three. So one day the choir director brought me to the front. And so me and him is like directing the choir. Like, and, and I vaguely remember this. And don't ask me how or why, because usually when you're like two, three years old, you don't, you don't remember. But I kind of yeah. remember that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And so since then, it was like, this whole rush of the eyes on me, it started then, like the, all eyes are on me. So then it, it went from that to playing the drums in church at five or six, you know what I'm saying? Doing solos in, in church and, and all that kind of stuff. And this is, you know, even though we are of the culture, you know what I'm saying? We are hip hop because if you were born during a certain time, this is what hip hop is. Right. The music hadn't presented itself to me yet. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, at that particular age, even though it was it was it was, it was you know, it was being created in New York in 73 and all that. Yeah. And with the breaks and all of that, it still had not been introduced to me yet. But when I got a whiff of hip hop music, rap music, if you want to call it yeah. with rappers delight. Yeah, immediately catch the bug, right? Yeah, because yeah. we are hip hop. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're yeah. gonna it's, it's, the minute, the second you heard it, you're gonna be like, "What is this?" And I and I'm and I'm and I gotta be down with it. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. But the roots come from gospel, R&B, jazz. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that yeah. kind of stuff in the early it, age. It you know what I mean? Because believe it or not, hip hop is still a very young genre. Yep. Compared to all the other genres. Yes. So, and it's a fusion. It's an it's a fusion of all the other genres. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Very much so. Very much so. You yep. know what I mean? So you're talking about less than 50 years. That's right. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. It's a very, very young genre when you think about, you know, in terms of music genres. That's so a fact. it definitely makes a lot of sense. So you grow up, in, you know, and now you're now you're into music. So now you go to Howard. Yes. Uh, and, and going how University, you graduated degree in communications. Yes. So what did you want to do kind of so what was your goal? So did you did, was 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 doing me the professionally kind of like you knew that's what you wanted to do? Well, it it, it okay, so again growing up in Philly, yeah, you know, yeah. once I caught the bug and all that other kind of stuff, it was like yeah. I heard um Melly Mel for the first time because Melly Mel kind of introduced me to lyrical rap you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, with yeah. the with the with the um you know um uh um uh, the message right yeah, you yeah, hear the yeah. message right. and 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 it's not throw your hands in the air and it's not no this is uh, like real yeah yeah this is not it's not party music it's not Before not, that, it was not really call and response yeah right exactly response. this right, is right. like he's telling me what I'm actually seeing outside of my window right. he's yeah. telling me what I'm actually seeing when I walk down the street and I'm like yo this is different you know what yeah. I'm saying and then, you know, I've always been a fan of words. So then, you know, 83, I had Kat uh, by the name of Teela Rock mm -hmm. with a joint called This Yours. Mm -hmm. And the beat was already crazy, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, shout out to Rick Rubin on that. But right. when you hear commentating, illustrating, description giving, adjective expert, I'm like, yo, you hear the words in here, yo, who is this dude? Right. And then right. Here comes, you know what I'm saying? And then here comes LL with the energy. 
yeah. along with the vocabulary, right, along right. with the dope songs and the swag, and the swag, and this is what a this is what a hip hop artist looks like. This this is yeah. a cat that I see down the street. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 you adopt all of that, and then now all of a sudden I want to do it for real. So we talking like. 83, 84, 82, 83, 84, you know, now I'm starting to pen. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm starting to, you know, battle and all that kind of stuff, you know, in the street. Matter of fact, uh, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince used to come to our high school and do parties back then. You know what I'm saying? This is before they blew. You know what I mean? So, and there was another uh, act called uh, Cash Money and Marvelous. Cash Money was dope on the wheels, Marvelous MC, kind of like the same type of you know, type of type of uh, feel as Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Then you got Steady B and all of them. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, right. I called out Steady B and a uh, 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 Fresh Prince for a battle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I, I, I saw Steady B in the street at a college fair or something like that. And I was like, yo, let's battle. You know what I'm saying? Right. Of course, they wouldn't battle me at the time because they were on the up and, you know, up and coming. Yeah, and yeah. I was just not, like, you know, who are you? Like, I'm not, you right. know, and I get it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's how I was ready to test my skills. But, you know, it was all while, you know, cutting demos, putting them in the mail, sending them to sleeping bags, sending them to, you know, Def Jam, sending, them, sending it to Next Plateau, trying to get a deal even in the 80s. So then by the time oh, we get to you know, me graduating in 88. I graduated from high school in 88. I told myself, if I don't get a deal by then, I had another passion, which is sports. You know what I'm saying? Basketball. Yeah. I had yeah. a, D, a D2 scholarship in basketball, D2, D3 scholarship in baseball. I said, oh, yeah. Look, I'm a big baseball fan. Like, oh, I'm okay, okay. Baseball, yeah. but I'm, a, I'm a huge... It's interesting because I was born in New York, raised in Orlando, and yeah. you can't see it behind me, but I got the Chicago. Like, how are you a Chicago fan? I see, I see, I see. How are you a Chicago fan and born in New York, raised? I said it's really simple, right? It's simple because in Orlando in the mid 90s, the late 90s, when I started really liking baseball, you had WGN, you had TBS. So you had three three choices. It was either going to be the Sox, the Braves, or the Cubs. Got you. Demi Sosa was my favorite player, and he just happened to play for the Cubs. If you play for either one of those other teams, I probably right. just would have been a fan of them team. So right. I ended up there. That's how I became a Cup fan. I've only been to Chicago one time. Uh-huh. Um, so I, but I need to go to Wrigley Field. That's on my bucket list to go home. Oh man, I've been to Wrigley Field. My pop is from Chicago. Wrigley oh, okay. Field definitely gotta go. Yeah, I got I gotta go, man. So you hopefully, hopefully before the see the Ivy. I gotta, I no gotta, doubt. I gotta head over that way. But yeah, gotta so, see the I gotta touch the Ivy on the wall. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so you had a so you had a, <laughs> you had a D2 scholarship in basketball. To what school? Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I don't even remember the name of the school. I was so dejected because oh. I wanted to be one. Yeah, it was yeah. like, so So I was getting to that, right? Um, I I, I want to say it was, it wasn't Salisbury. Uh, I can't remember, but nevertheless, I was so dejected. It was like, huh? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was so dejected. It was like, you know what? I didn't get a deal, right? Doing the music. Yeah. I didn't get the D1 scholarship, my arrogance. So you know what? I'm going to go to Howard, study communications, and become a color commentator, a sports okay. broadcaster. Makes sense. And so that's why I ended up majoring in communications. You know what I'm okay. saying? Okay, cool, cool, cool. And so I, my, my career was headed down that path. I know it, I took the long route to get no, no, to we that answer, yeah. but that's what it was. It was like 
I didn't meet the, the my expectations of doing these other things that I had a desire to do. So it was like, I still want to be connected to at least one of the passions. So it was exactly. like, and, and that makes sense. You know, yep. you don't, you know, as they say, you never want to get, you have your plan B before right. following through your plan A. That's a fact. How many people pick a, a plan B that's way on the other side of their plan A? That's a most fact. Most the they're not even really that happy. Most, right. most people, because think about it, most people go to school for one thing and they end up doing something completely different, yep. they don't even love what they do. Yep, so, you're right. Um, that's just my two cents. No, no, you're right, bro. You're right. Uh, that, that's why I had to stay connected in some way, shape, or form or fashion, but you're absolutely right, man. Got you, got you. So, you graduate. So, how, so when, when does the deal eventually happen? So, ah. you, so, you graduate, and then, so we're talking about 88, 89 right now. That's what 88, we 89, we graduated from, we 88, we graduated from high school. Fall of 88, we entered into Howard University. So, I'm okay, totally, so, so, we, so now we're in 90s. So now we're in the mid, early 90s now. Yeah, yeah, now, now, yep, late, late 80s, early 90s. That's where we at. And I totally give up the music because now I'm a sports broadcaster. Yeah. But that only lasted one semester, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Because by the time we get to the spring of 89, you know, I run into a cat by the name of Derek D. Angeletti. Oh, I know the name. Okay, <laughs> and, and for those who don't know who D. Angeletti is, um, and a cat by the name of Ron Lawrence, they're a part of a group or team of producers. Shout out to Ron Lawrence, shout out to I mean, you know my man, you know Steve Pajo. Yes, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah, that's my guy. I just interviewed him a couple a uh, few episodes ago. Shout out to Steve Pajo, that's my guy. Yes, also, absolutely. On social media, really good dude. Really yes, good dude. absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. Yeah, um, so yeah, so small world. So yeah, you know, yeah. I meet these guys, and at this time, they're actually MCs, you know what I'm saying? Okay, and they're like a year before. Well, Ron is a producer, Dot is the MC, and yeah. then they eventually form a group called Two Kings and the Cypher. But before okay. that, I see Dot rhyming on campus in front of Blackburn Center, which is like the centralized part of the campus that everybody right. you know congregates. And he's rhyming with this cat named China Black, and it's and it's sounding right. And I'm like, yo. Yeah. What's good, man? That's you do that. He was like, Yeah, what's good? You you do that? And I was like, Yeah, I dabble a little bit, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so he immediately, you know, that particular instant, uh instance brought me back to the passion that I that I that I thought I was giving up, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, just right, six right. months prior, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Um, so immediately my focus went right back to the music. I went, you know, of course, we still going to class and all that right, kind of right, stuff. Right. We get the degree. Um, but but that immediately sparked that interest back, and I was active in trying to get that deal again. Okay. And the beautiful part about going to Howard University is that that's where all the connections were made from mm -hmm. Puff mm -hmm. to Mark Pitts, who actually ended was up. Puffy, was Puffy? Did he already graduate at that point? No, no, no. He was. He, was, he only he, he got there a year before I did. So he okay. was a sophomore when I was a freshman. Oh, so okay. he. This is around the time he was going back. Huh? Did you know him? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. We 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 was all in the same circle. He wasn't. He so he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't puffy. He wasn't the A You knew him when he was just still in school. Yeah, I knew him when he was puff when he first got his name. You know, oh, what I'm okay. We called we called him Puffy. We didn't call him Puff Daddy. We didn't call him Diddy. We didn't call him none of that. It was Puff. Okay, okay. Tell me his about his name that. was so Puff. You, so so tell me about how that happened. Oh, I mean, he was he was a hustler, man. You know, he was a student on campus, but this was around the time where he was going back and forth intern with Han Andre uh, Harrell. Andre right, Harrell. Right, right, you know, right, right, right. literally, like that story is real. He would be in campus and they catch the train in the in the afternoons, 
go up to New York, you know what I'm saying? Do yeah. what he got to do, come back down. Like that, right. that's just where he was cut from. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. But that that energy came from everybody. Like I, during that time, it was a magical time, man. It was it was really the the setting the stage for the for the entertainment entrepreneur. Right. Meaning, you know. These these are the times where we you know we be in these circles and talking about what our dreams and aspirations are and actively pursuing them and you saw them come to fruition like brick by brick because you mm-hmm. saw the humble beginnings and what they came from and what it turned out to be like Anthony Anderson came in with me you know what I'm saying me and oh, him, oh like, yeah yeah Marlon Wayans came in two years after I did you know what I'm saying wow um, Taraji P Henson. You know what I'm saying? Came in either my year or the year after in 89. You know what I'm saying? And the so, group so, you knew all, so did you know her back then? All of them. All of them. Wow. Wow. The, the, this, was the, this was the energy. This was the circle. Wow. You know wow. 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 Okay. So there's a, there's a lot going on in Howard where you knew the group shy. If I ever fall in love. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Have, you know, go on to sell, you know, two to three million copies and, 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 and you know, platinum success and all. The, they're formulating and during this time so right. you know right. i can go on man you know what i mean right. um but but that was the energy that was there at howard and so when when you did you know figure out what it is that you wanted to do you know you took the classes you but the more important thing was you made the connections and you yeah. hustled it's so relationships that, you man. know what i'm saying back then man relationships are lifeblood to life man i, I no, really believe no doubt yeah. no doubt yeah cool so yeah so, yeah. so okay so so you now you're doing the demo, so you're doing the demos, right? You you mm-hmm. a demo because for the, for the young people that's watching, to the people that's listening to this podcast, who in this generation DZ, they don't know nothing about demos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm barely old enough to know about demos. You you want to you want to explain it? Or you want me to explain? It? You can. You, you, okay, so so yeah. a demo is simply. Remember, I told you, you know, what I'm saying I was doing demos back in the '80s. So basically. You would cut a tape, you know what I'm saying? You would go to the studio, except back in the 80s, we weren't even going to the studio. We was actually just doing it on a boombox. Right. We would plug up the mic, you know, play the instrumental on one side and rap and record it on the other side. You had to do a cassette, put it together. Now I know why I didn't get signed, but <laughs> it didn't sound like, you know what I mean? Right, right, but, right. you know, as we get into the 90s and we're doing it for real, now we're going to studios, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now we're booking studio time and we're cutting a demo tape. Still yeah. had the cassettes, though, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But it was a, a, a better quality. Yeah. And what yeah. you would do is then, now these connections are formulating, you would actually get it to somebody that can get it to somebody for them to actually hear yeah. what you did. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, a, right. it's a demonstration. It yeah. simply is a demonstration of what you can do on tape. So that's right. a demo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's because that's the only real way, because at that time, the only way you could do you needed a record company. You needed it. You didn't yep. do it. You could not do it. Unless, so unless you unless you was out in like and, and I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna come in with a story about that. Unless yeah. you was like out in Cali. Yeah. Because they was doing they was doing the indie. It yeah, just like, wasn't like, technology like, wasn't there. You know what I'm exactly, saying? Exactly. Exactly. Or Texas or something like that. Start out there in exactly. Cali and, and catch like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, but but now that now that we brought that up, so while we're shopping a demo, I run into um, a cat by the name of uh, Kwame Anthony and my man Kalsar Chandler. And one of one is from Camden, New Jersey. The other one is from San Diego. And okay. he's the DJ. And so when they found out I could spit, 
we formulated and created a record company called Funky Hit Records right on campus. Oh, nice. so okay. my man Quam, who's from Cali, knew about that indie move. You know what I'm saying? He knew gotcha. about the record pools. He knew about yeah. you know how to move in that manner. And so this is the the precursor to what cats actually do now in the digital space. Yeah. So we went to the studio, cut a cut a maxi single. I had a record called Let Me Hear You Say Yeah with the lead single. And then on the flip side of that was Outstanding and Tear Shit Up. Yeah. And so we, we put the uh, maxi single together, created the wax, you know, even got, you know, creative with the wax. It was a clear piece of wax that was actually red. You could see right through it. So it would stand out once the DJs got it. We put them in record pools out in Cali, like I said, in Texas, um, certain places in the Midwest. And it did pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but we were college students, yeah. so we couldn't really keep up with it. You know what I mean? With regards to the funding, you know what I mean? Um, and then we, and, and I would, and we'll, and I, I, and we'll get into that up and later how expensive this thing really is, but go ahead. Oh yeah. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, but the experience of being able to do that, you know what I'm saying? At, at, at 19, 20, 21 years old, you know what I mean? And getting a taste of a little bit of a taste of that side of the business, you know, not only helps me today, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But it, it, it opened my eyes to, okay, there's a different aspect of this business that I did not know about. And, and, and this business has layers, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, exactly. Um, so shout out to Quam and, and Cows for that. You know what I mean? That's what's up. So you do that. So eventually you ink your deal with Bystorm, which is Mark's pitch, right? Yes. At Universal. Yes. So for yes. those of y'all who don't know, you had his imprint. Was it, it was, was it an imprint? Deal. Nah, it was it was a it was a it was a, it, it was a full deal. Okay, yeah. So it, it, basically, 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 Universal was a distributor, yeah. Yeah. but they were also involved. Um, they had by Storm had a, had a had a corner in the art. Like we by Storm was up at the same time as Kadar Massenberg, yeah. who people don't know, who also introduced D'Angelo, uh, uh, Erica Badu, and all of these people were has space in the universal office this okay. is the beginning okay. of universal records like them actually putting out black music gotcha. so we we were there from the from the inception if you will so to answer your question it was the distribution arm as well as they uh universal had some stake in regards to uh business decisions as well you know okay I mean? right so you ate that you ate that deal right so is this is it a one album deal Mm -mm. It, it was about a five. It was about a five album, five album deal. Okay, yeah, maybe more, maybe more than that. Might have been a six. Yeah. Or seven. You know, we used to sign crazy deals. Oh yeah. So so <laughs> so let's take away a little bit. Let's take away a little music business for a second. So yeah. they cut you when they give you an advance. Yes. Right. So let's explain to people who don't understand what does that advance mean. Okay. Cut the deal. Now, okay. what does that advance mean? Okay, so what, what, what the advance is, is exactly what it says. It's an advance, right. right? It's an advance of money that will be earned off of record sales. In other words, the record company must recoup yes. that advance. Yes. That advance plus whatever else you're going to spend, meaning yes. studio time, meaning those car services uh, <laughs> that, you, that you order, meaning... Yes. Any food that you ordered in the studio, meaning, you know, any uh, uh, anything that was on a bill that was covered by the record company. Right. You know, what I mean, they have to recoup that money, including that advance. Right. They have to recoup that money back via your record sales until you see it down. Right. And so a lot of times and 
and, and my boy corrected me because my shout out to my man Casey Graham, who has a, a show on YouTube called the Music Makeover Show. I used to always say a record label, a record label is a bank and a record deal is a bank loan, but he corrected me and said it's not really the same way. Because <laughs> if you go, if you go to a bank and you get a loan for five hundred thousand, you pay back your money, right? They don't then keep equity in your company, right? Right. Right. They don't keep equity. Only in the music business do they do they give you an event to say you recoup hundred percent. They still want equity in yep. your music in your yep. masters. Yep, yep. Which which would not that would not be the case in traditional business. Nope. So by nope. that by just and then he told then he said if you give somebody a dollar, but you wanted to pay you back fourteen dollars. And they have, and they're recouping off of an artist royalty, so it's not a real like dollar for dollar recoup. Nope. And see, that's so that's when I had to say, okay, well, I got to stop saying that because I don't want to confuse people. They so, thought, you know, right? That's what people normally think a, a, a record deal, and it's not because you're only recouping, you're paying back off what you know. Can we get you an attorney? So can we break that down? So what do you? And we're, I, I want to try to use this as a lesson to teach. Sure, sure, sure. Can. So what yeah. do we? When when, the, when you're getting paid back the artist royalty, what's the typical type of artist royalty that you're now having to pay back on? Well, when I when I signed my it correctly, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when I signed my deal, I believe my royalty. I think well, they break it down into points, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. the yeah. points equal a percentage, right, of the sale, right? Uh, uh, of, of the of the of the sale of the, of the sale. sale, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I think I got ten cents a record. Right. Right. Ten cents per record. They only oh, count right. up to ten. You know what I mean? Back then. Right. So anything right. over ten, you don't get paid for. So if you had like that's, 15, that's where the song cap comes in. That's where the exactly. cap deal comes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So anything over ten, you don't get money for. You know what right. I'm saying? That's a, not that's not a part of what they're recouping because there's a ceiling that you hit. So right. let's just say if I got ten cents a record, meaning I got ten points okay. on my deal. Okay. So that means for every $10 record, I get a dollar. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Again, because every point is equal to a percentage. So if you're talking right. about two points, then that's 10%. Right. So that is what they're recouping off of. Okay. Your dollar. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So if you sell a million records, let's do the math. If you right. sell a million records, right? right. That's $100,000 right. that you've made. But they are still recouping you. If I got a $50,000 advance, my recording budget is $300,000. Yeah. That's not even counting the flights that you took. <laughs> That's not even counting the car service again, the yeah. food that you ate. So you never, by the time, man, I was in the red, maybe about 800000 Man. Okay. So you know how many records you got to sell? Yeah. To meet $800,000? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's eight million records. You literally got to go diamond. Yeah, before they recoup. Yeah. You'll never you get never really ever recoup. And then, so so let's just say you had some mild success and you sold a million. Of yeah, course, yeah. they want to double back, right? Yeah, you sold yeah. a million records, you went platinum, yeah, but you yeah. still didn't meet that eight hundred thousand dollar threshold. Right, so right. what they're going to take is the balance of that. You made them back a million dollars, right? Yeah, no, yeah. you made them back. Yeah, you. If you sold a million, made them back a hundred thousand, you're still seven hundred thousand dollars in the hole. Yeah, yeah. So what happened? You know, they're gonna take that 
and put it on top of the next album that they're going to give you another three hundred thousand. right so it's, it's designed for the artists who never ever fully recoup right most of the time right or damn near all the time so right. interesting interesting and so yeah that that you know <laughs> that that's 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 really 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 interesting because even now the young kids want a deal and they want to record company and they're like do, like do y'all really understand what y'all asking for mm-hmm. you know you all really don't they understand do. and, and we'll get into that to kind of how it is now later a little bit later but they really don't understand what it is they're asking for mm-hmm. wanting a major record company to do what it is you think you're going to do you do oh, I, right. I signed a deal i'm about to be rich no you're not nah man <laughs> Nah, man. You probably still living at the crib. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's, no. a That's a fact. You know, you That's know. a fact. So, cool. all right. So you, so you end up, so you released your first record. So your, your first, your solo album, Many Faces in 97. Right. 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 And you had the, the, the single, the theme. I went back and watched it, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. earlier today. That was cool. And, but you see, you had some success now. 37, 37 weeks, 37 weeks on Billboard. Yeah, 37 weeks. You know, that is is a long time to be on the top 100. That's right. Like you said, you had some success Mm -hmm. that most artists don't ever have. That's on their first, on their first, first ride out the, out the stable. Out the gate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but, but I I will say this though, that was a gift and a curse because I signed my deal in the spring of 96. That record started burning on the East Coast by like I- cool. So, so uh, I be just, just had a little technical difficulties. We're gonna keep it transparent. Good. Good. Yes, you know? yes, yes. So we're gonna we're gonna bring it right back to what we were uh, discussing and gonna, I think we were talking about royalties. Yes, yes. We were talking okay. about royalties, recruitment, and all that other stuff. And I wanted yeah. to correct this in case you 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 still have the footage. I want to correct. Um, again, it's everything that you spend. Now I made it seem like. You know, if you sell sold a million records, right, and you at ten dollars a pop, you know what I mean. You you will recoup, right? But it's not off of the initial advance that you got. Understand okay. and remember that everything that you spend okay. in the creation of making that record, including the record itself, okay. including the producers, include everything that you spend that the that the record company fronts puts money on. You have to pay that back with your record sales. You know what I'm saying? It's being paid back. And, and this is at a time where they the, the packaging was a big deal. Yes, right? yes, yes. yes. The, the yeah. packaging was a big deal. And, and, and it's so crazy that they still have these clauses. That's in what I'm going to ask you about. It's still in there now. But what is digital? Wow. <laughs> so as an attorney, do you all, do you look? That's one of the first things you look for? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's not only that. I've seen contracts now, man. Um, and and um, uh, I, there was a discussion during during uh, New School Rules where management is now and 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 and, and, and uh, production companies are now putting in clauses where they are able to take out insurance policies on the artists. That's, okay. So meaning. If the art, if you the 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 manager or the production company takes out insurance policy just in case, um, and this is their argument, which is 
total bullshit. Right. That because of uh, the way uh, the the climate is now, with a lot of our artists, you know, passing away, young artists over, you know, gunplay or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That they'll still be it because of the, the time and the money that they've invested into this particular artist. If they happen to die, then they're able to collect the money off of that's the bullshit. artist. That, that's bullshit because the other day. So if it's one thing if the artist dies of an unexpected something, right? Right. That's different. But if they're if look, let's be real, man. In hip hop today, see back back because back when you was coming up, Cat talked about drug because they want to get out of that. Right. Now kids are talking about drugs to glorify it like it's cool. They're the user. Yeah. So it's like, 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 so if they are getting themselves into trouble purposely, why should there be an insurance policy? Because now we're encouraging them to, 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 to stay in that behavior, right? By doing that. That is that that's the that's the wildest thing I've ever seen. That's the wallet. Well, how, how can a company be allowed to take out an insurance policy on the employer or employee? That doesn't happen anywhere else. That doesn't, that's not, that doesn't happen. You can't, wow. You know what I'm saying? Matter <laughs> of fact, I'll take it a step further. Actually, especially from a management perspective, you actually work for. Right. So what? So, so how are you going to take an insurance policy out? Yeah, on the that, doesn't, you work that doesn't make any, and then who, <laughs> But then who's paying for that monthly, though? Yeah. I, that's all I'm saying, right? So <laughs> yeah. anyway, that, that I mean, man, that, that is absolutely <laughs> nuts when some of these companies were putting these contracts. Yeah. All they sign them, then they come to you and say, Trish, give me out this deal. Like, what you you signed it. What you that, want it to do? Yo, I, you know, it's wild, man. I had an artist, <laughs> and I told them, I, you know, all you can do is advise, right? I yeah. said, yo, don't. I wouldn't sign this. I wouldn't sign this. But the artist was so, I get it. You were so anxious because I remember being there. You know, this is, again, because you're on both, you, you, yeah, you've you, been yeah, on both sides. Yeah, you really know, which is probably why they trust you. They exactly. Trust you because it, uh, you, could, you come from a unique perspective in hip hop, right? It happens it's, in other genres, but in hip hop, you hip-hop. don't see a lot of artists who had success like you did. Now so, it's on the other side, actively yep. practicing law. So I get the anxiousness. I get it. But I'm trying to tell you, you can save yourself a lot of headache. If you don't sign it, what do they do? They signed it. And then a month later, damn, man, because I shouldn't have signed it. I, I, I want to get out. Like, okay, let's say, let's say I want a deal. Let's go, I'm going to go take the deal. Let's say I want a deal mm-hmm. and I want some money. So let's say, okay, I say, hey, I only want you to give me money for marketing and promotion. I don't want no event because... You know, I got a, maybe they got a nice nine to five job. So maybe they got mm-hmm. a dope nine to five or, or they got a private investor or something like that mm-hmm. where, you know, they only, they, well, the, let's say the investor taking care of their living expenses. Mm-hmm. So all they could do, all they need, they don't got to worry about living and, and mm-hmm. like all it. So all you really need is money for marketing and promotion. That's it. That's it. All you, cause that's, that's really what you, because nowadays it ain't that expensive. I mean, well, most 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 people ain't that expensive to make a record. No, you know, I, I, my studio in my basement now. You know what I'm saying? Technology has afforded that. So I, yeah, you don't. There's no studio time. You're not paying for the engineer. You know what I'm saying? You, if you want to, you know, get somebody that's gonna put a dope, you know, your master and a mix and master. You know what I'm saying? Of course, you want the the quality. You want to be able to compete sonically with what's out there. But there's a lot of 
records out there that don't even sound great. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So let's just say you take the high end, right? You want to get that, that quality sound. So, you know, beside your computer and beside that Pro Tools setup, you know what I'm saying, where you can record your own vocals, mm -hmm. what are you going to do? You're going to pay for the, for the track, which a lot of these kids are now, you know, they're getting it on the low, they're leasing beats and, and all that. And I stuff. want to talk to you as an attorney. Oh, yeah. I love you to touch that because we got to touch that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. We got to touch that. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're doing that. And then, you know, so you record, you know what I'm saying? And then you're going to send it to somebody that can make it sound sonically great. You know what I'm saying? Right. So a lot of times you can get an engineer that can do the mixing and the mastering. There's programs right now. Matter of fact, my producer, you know, OJs, who produced mm -hmm. my last two projects, man, yeah, he does yeah. the mixing. I mean, but this boy is a genius. This, this, mm -hmm. this dude is, he's, he's, from, he's not even from here, man. I don't know where he, his skill set <laughs> I'm I'm so glad I found this guy, man. Right. But nevertheless, he did the mixing and the mastering on both of my projects. So you get somebody like that, and then you set to go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So where you, you, all you need, like you said, you know, artwork, packaging, you know what I'm saying? That yeah. kind of stuff is not as expensive as it used to be. Right. The photography, like we used to pay $10,000, $30,000 for a photographer to get you one shot Hot. on the cover of the album. <laughs> Crazy when you think about it now, it's like no, it's crazy. Grand to get a cover shot, <laughs> like, you know. and maybe a couple of insert shots. So let's yeah, just say, yeah, yeah, let's just say five pictures at the most. But you paid twenty, thirty, forty thousand. And again, this goes all back to what they got to recoup from 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 your from, from all that's recoupable. All that's yeah. recoupable. Thank yeah. you. Way to circle it back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so wow. So it just shows you like the difference between what it was there. So, so, and I want to touch on the lease and stuff, but I want to talk about that a little bit later. I still want to yeah. get back to that. So you put the record out, mm -hmm. 97, you have some success, mm -hmm. you know? So now here's what I want to touch, the album making process, yes. right? How was that different back then versus what it is now? Because what I always understood was, let's say you took, this might took you, a year or two to make an album, you record 150 records, you pick the best 12, 12 records, and that's your record. Well, in my case, it was a little different. Um, and this was during the time where the single drove the album. Right. Meaning, if you caught a lick on that record, like in my case, like I said, I signed my deal in the spring of 96. The theme was bubbling on the East Coast yeah. practically by the fault this is before it even got released yeah you know we just white we just put it out there the you know for label. djs and yet white labeled it and as a matter of fact a lot of cats because i was the outsider like i had to go to new york and 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 do my record but i'm from philly but i was in none of the circles yeah. i had my howard circle but the howard circle wasn't predominant in new york city so you know we already you know they already rocking with with Nas and Wu Tang and Big and all these other, you know, cats is, you know, you know, my 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 um my contemporaries during that time. So there's a lot of people that wasn't rocking with the theme is party time. You know what I'm saying? Cause they like, yo, who is he? Where did he come from? You know what I'm saying? I got the co-sign from Big, you know, and me and him did a record. You know what I'm saying? That's because that's major. That's you know major. What I'm <laughs> because Mark, Mark Pence was managing him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so he's, you know, the cat that, that runs my label and he's managing Big at the same time. So I got the co-sign from Big, but that still did not um people, people, people were were kind of hot about that. 
Because they like, yo, I can't get a record with Big. How did he get a record with Big? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So no, none of the DJs is rocking with it until cool DJ Red Alert, the OG. Really? Once Red Alert put the Red Alert heard it, like I mean, we we get we got it the clue, we got it the flex, we got it to all the major players during that time. It was like nah, nah, nah. But as soon as Red Alert said, "Oh, this shit is hot." Right. Once he put the stamp on it, that's the OG. Yeah. So everybody had to fall in line. They yeah, was like, they oh, "Okay." You know what I'm saying? So, so that's how that record got 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 crazy. And so, from the end of October, you know, it's bubbling through the holidays. You know, mixed radio, mm-hmm. and then we finally release it at the top of the year. But Universal, because they're young, again, number one, number two, and I mentioned that earlier. Number two is because. You know, they, they really didn't know how to deal with hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Their whole philosophy was throw it up against the wall, see if it sticks. If yeah. it sticks, we're going to put some money behind it. Let's get the album together, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I'm saying all that to say once the theme started popping, oh, it was a rush to put the album together. So people still didn't really know who Tracy Lee was oh, because wow. we didn't build the artist yet. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. You see what I'm saying? It's all off the steam of the record. So in my particular case, it's not like, okay, so most people would say we slapped the, slapped the album together, right? right? But, you know, I was fortunate enough to have been making records before I got signed, right? And so a lot of those records that were actually a part of my demos actually made the, made the album. album. You okay. see what I'm saying? So there was not a whole lot of, you know, let's make 150 records and see which ones. It was really, yo, we trying to catch up to the steam of, of, right. of, 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 of the theme. And so that's how we, we, we titled the record Many Faces because Many Faces represented different types of records, which represented different types of personality traits about who Tracy Lee is. You know right. what I'm saying? Sometimes I like the party. Sometimes I'm in the street. Sometimes it's about the money. Sometimes it's about the chicks. You know what yeah. I'm saying? During that time. So that's where you got the gumbo of records because of the fact that we had to speed up the process. And, and you know, thank goodness that we had some quality records that, you know, m- with more time, who knows if they would have made the album. But right. because they were quality records, and we had to get something out there, you know, for this machine to be able to get their money back on what they're putting into, then, you know, that's how you come with, you know, the whole Many Faces album. So again, my, my, my path was a little unconventional, you know what I'm saying? Then what you've heard, you know, by the way, like I said, I'm only kidding. And I could be, could have been wrong. Cause I, but I just from, cause at the time, you know, I'm not in the industry at that point. So I'm just kind of going from the history. that I. No, but you're right though. You're right. Saying, like, that's how they did it back no, but that, that is. That is that is exactly how they did it. But, but, but see, that was all a part of building the artist. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you know, you would make all of these records. Some of the records, they would just fly off yeah. and, and just put them out and hit the street and they'll bubble. That's a mixtape record. Or yeah. that's a record that you just played on this particular uh, show yeah. on the radio. Or, or that's a record that only popped in, you know, in this region. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But yeah. all the while, you're getting to know who the artist is and you're right. coming coming accustomed so when they finally do drop that, that project it's like oh yeah it's gonna yeah, sell out the because because you know for the young people there wasn't no social media to nope. wasn't the content game like it is nope. now so nope. you had to go that, that was your content yeah that was that your was content. content right was the records right right so three styles on the, the radio you know what i'm saying you had the pleasure of working with some what i would call legends in this game we mentioned big uh Buster Rhymes, mm-hmm. Kanye West. Mm-hmm. 
So talk to me about working with, with those guys. Like, what was it like to work with, with, with Buster mm -hmm. and, and Kanye? Oh, man, Buster, you know, he got on the theme remix. Uh, it's called The After Party, right? Okay. And so this is during the time, you know, Buster was, you know, Buster's very animated. We all know yeah, this. You know what I'm saying? Is. Like, everything he does is and it's, it's cinema. It's, yeah. ah, ah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, you know, this particular record, which was, which was dope, we kind of got him to kind of, lay back a little bit and kind of groove with it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that was kind of the first time you saw Buster, you know, doing that because before that it was, I'll make sure everything remains raw and right, right, right. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it was yeah. all of that, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But yeah, yeah. he kind of, you know, he was in a groove on this one. Um, and, and the funny thing about it is, you know, um, you know, when we when we did do the record and we did, you know, when we was in the studio, because this is a time where we were always in the studio together. There was no, I'll do my files and send okay. them to you. Right, and so you actually in the lab with Buster right there. Yeah, you. you know, we, we, we formulated this record together. Okay. This, that's, that's where the cohesion, same thing with Big. We formulated the record together. Wow, There's so you had, you had the opportunity to be in the lab with Big together. Oh, yeah, no, nah, we, we was that's in there about eight hours, man. We were... Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We, we was in there, and, and that's and my was, favorite MC, by the way. That's my favorite. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Listen, listen, bro. Big, it, big was special. I mean, yeah. everybody knows it. Everybody yeah. heard it. But it was more than just putting the record together. We were actually building about you know what he was going to do in the future. I believe he would have been man. I believe he would have been so major. You know, on the business side, though. See, that's the yeah. part that. On the bit, he was setting things up from a business perspective. Right. He didn't even want to do, you know, the rap thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know, for too long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, dip in, dip out. But he was in the mindset of once I'm done my deal, I got other things in place. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. And and that that and you got to remember, this brother was what 24 at the time. 24, 25 years old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Man. That's real. Man, that I mean. I just remember the day I was what eleven years old when he passed away, like ninety seven. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even eleven. Can he? I think he passed away what in May? March, Mar yeah, March, March, March ninth, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, yep. I wasn't even. I was ten. I wasn't even eleven yet. I was. No, I was. No, I was twelve. I was eighty five. So I was eleven. That was eleven. So I wasn't even twelve years old yet. I, I remember that day was a sad day. I was I, there, bro. Oh, you are you there in, in L A. I was, we, we had just come out of the, the vibe party oh, at the automotive wow. museum. We were leaving out me and him together. Right. And so he noticed that it was something the vibe just wasn't right for me. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was like something was weird was going on for me. And then he was like, yo, Trey, what's, what's the problem? And I was like, man, I don't know, man. Something don't feel. He's like, no, no, son, no. We about to go to the uh, Playboy Mansion because we was going to an after party after. He's like, yo, we about to go to the Playboy Mansion, man. You know what it is, man. Da 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 da. I was like, yeah. He's like, yo, smile, man. Put a smile on your face. I said, you know what, you're right, man. Uh, you know, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> right. so he went out. He went to the right. I went to the left and got in the car with Mark. Mm -hmm. And so Mark gets a call after I get in that call. Get a call. Not more than three minutes after I get in the car. And that's when we heard that he got shot. So we went to the hospital, me and Mark. And I'm at I'm out, I'm outside. He goes in. Mark yeah. goes in. Then he comes out and he just looks at me and like, he ain't make it. It's like, damn. 
And I, I, you know, I'll never forget that night. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll never, ever forget that night. Like, it was just so, it was so crazy, man. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I was yeah, there. That's, that's, I mean, I just think about what those guys, him at Chaka Pac as well, what those yes. guys were able to do. I mean, yes. imagine Pac with social media. Yeah, <laughs> you know, man, Pac, Pac was such a oh my man, Pac was such a force. Yeah. Pac was such a force. I mean, you gotta it, Pac is intercontinental, man. Pac right. is more all over the world, right? Man. Right, right, right. It's crazy, crazy, man. Just think about thinking about what, what, what the world is now. How much you would have to say, how would you be using his social platforms, right? You know, just right. it's, it's it's sad to think about it that those guys unfortunately um, were taken from us way too soon. Way too soon. You know, cats like Nipsey Hussle. Right. Know, right. It's like, you know, and that's it's, how it felt when Nipsey, you know, that's how it felt when Nipsey died. Can I remember right. Xavier told well, I remember who was it that told me something told me, oh Nipsey got shot. I just thought, okay, maybe he's gonna be. They said it was three people. I said, okay, well, maybe he's gonna be all right. I was thinking, man, what was you know he's gonna be all right. And when they said it was him, he was the only one that was that was hurt. Mm. Man, you gotta be kidding me, man! Like this dude was doing something. He was literally buying back the block for real, right? For real, you know what right. I mean? So man, it's it, it, it's it's nah. He 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 he's another guy that you talk about. Pop. He was on, he was on that plane. He was yes, about to change his community. Yes, he you see what I'm saying? Yes, change the whole right. entire community. That's you know what I'm saying? It. Forget just forget rap. Yes. He's changing the community. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, man, shout out to shout out to them. Shout out to them. So, what about Kanye West? Like, so yes. what did you what, what, did you work with the uh, young Kanye? Oh yeah, young Kanye straight off the train, straight off the train in Chicago, Kanye with the backpack. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Trying to get on. That okay. that's the Kanye I know. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Um, but I tell cats all the time, you know what I mean? Like, you know, people ask me, yo, was Kanye like this back then? I was like, absolutely. Yeah. The arrogance, the moxie, the, the you know, I'm going to prove you wrong. All of that was there. It's just that he didn't have any money then. Mm-hmm. He's the same Kanye West as he is right now with a billion dollars. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so just imagine that. Just imagine the arrogance, the moxie with no money. Yeah. And you get a billion dollars. Yeah, what do you yeah, think yeah. that looks like? It looks like that guy right there. Kanye's amazing, man. <laughs> I remember I got a chance to meet. I met Greg Lewis, old school ice. I don't know if you know old school ice gray. Yeah. Like, yeah, I met him. Uh, we're not close or anything like that, but I, I met him uh, a few years back. I met Terry Bello. Mm-hmm. I hope you know Terry. I know mm-hmm. one of the clients Eric Robertson. So Terry oh, yeah, Bello, absolutely. Terry Bello, my big bro. Yeah, so, Terry Bell, and so he, his conference was the International Soul Music Summit. But very yeah, famous. Eric Robeson is my guy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's love my Euro, brother. Man. I love yes. Euro. Euro's that dude. You know, yes. so yes, so yeah, man. So I, that's how I met. Uh, how I got that's like my only, I guess, somewhat of a connection to someone who actually knew Kanye. Uh, I'll say, and Kevin Shine, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin, you know, yeah, uh, Kevin, who Kevin Shine, Kevin Shine, he's an AR for. He had a company called Roddy Sessions America. Uh, mm. Had to see his face, here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So had to see his face. Yeah, but not. But 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 Kanye was hungry, man. He was hungry back then, and you know, great talent, man. He did 
two beats, two tracks on this on this album that I did for Universal, which was the second album that I did, mm -hmm. but they never released that album. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? They um they it, it sat on the shelf. It was complete. We got a budget for it, and uh like I said, Kanye did two tracks on that, and um you you could just see that he 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 you were not going to stop him from getting to where he had to go. Right, right. There was no way. Like I don't care who you are, you could tell him no 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 no. He's like nah man, I don't believe you. I don't believe you, and so that's how he that's how he he went according to what his vision was and how he wanted to do it. Even back then when we were mixing the record, you know what I'm saying? We was in the, uh, in, in, in the studio, was me, Dot, uh, Chucky Thompson, who played on one particular record called Catch-22 um, that Kanye had produced. And, you know, we were mixing the record. Kanye comes in and is like, no, no, y'all doing it all wrong. You know what I'm saying? This dude, you know what I'm saying? This is before Rockefeller. This is before all of that. Yeah, wow, wow, wow. wow. So you, you saw the... You saw the makings of what this guy was about to be. You know what I'm saying? Well, hold on one second. Hold on yeah. one second, bro. I want to pause it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Kanye, man. Kanye is he, he's a special cat. I always say you gotta be a little. You gotta be a little crazy. To, oh yeah. To, to be. To be. Oh his, yeah. It's just part of it. You know oh yeah. I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. 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 Yeah, man. Absolutely. So, so, bro, you you had a chance to to be on some. You've been on Rap City, yes, man. I mean, these are these are shows a part of my teenage years. Like, it's like a lot of these kids they're not gonna really know what that stuff was. Like, right. Rap City, what I met to the culture, uh, the Teen Summit, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and Keen Ivy Wayne show. Arliss, you've been, been on yes. there, yes. You know? So, man, that was just. Those are just pretty cool, man. Those 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 type of experiences, no doubt. To, to to be a part of our culture, there's something special, bro, about black culture. Oh, oh no, man! Listen, it's the, I've been fortunate. I'm pretty sure you've been chance to travel. Have you traveled overseas quite a bit? Um, not and see, that's one of the part part of uh, that's one of the things about about um just this whole experience with regards to being signed to Universal. I knew I had a fan base out there. I knew it. Yeah. But the problem was, is that there was no tracking of where they were. And that was always strange to me because I had an instance when I actually got dropped and I was down in Atlanta and I, and I lived in this apartment complex. And it was a guy that was from Nigeria that came up to me and he said, yo, you're Tracy Lee, right? And I said, yeah. He's like, man. Back in my back in my home, like they had posters of you around the city with the braids. You had to yeah. because back then, yeah, you know, I, 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 I kind of ushered in the yeah yeah the cornrow yeah. yeah 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 yeah. So yeah. and I kind of ushered in like it, it wasn't not just the cornrows, but they were like designs in the yeah. corn. You know what I'm saying? And I was kind of one of the first people to bring that in. So yeah. it was like, yo, back in my home, back in Nigeria, they had you know posters of you on the wall with the with the with the designs in the cornrows and. All of us tried to do that. We tried to get that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so that 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 kind of you know it, it kind of sparked something in me that I thought about before. It's like why hadn't I gone overseas? Come to find out, I had a base in in, in Africa. Got a base in London. I'm wow. I'm starting to 
you know, get a lot of people on Twitter and, and, and IG and all that, you know, and I just put a post up the other day and, you know, somebody was like, man, you know, we know you out here. There's a lot of us that know you out here. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, where are you? Like, we're in, we're in London. We're in, yeah. we're in Great Britain. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so we never got a chance to get out into those markets. And I never understood why, man. I never understood why. Bro, you better, bro, well, now, now that we got the internet, man, you definitely have to. If there's a base out there, and I mean, if I can help with that thing, well, I will. You know, That's what's up. I have some relationships. That's you know, what's up. To help, yeah, because if that can be done, man. You need to. You need better. You need better to touch the markets. I, I, I listen, listen, D. I think I, I, I honestly like. You know, I used to, you know, keep track of my record sales and all that. Like that was one of the things that you know the when we, especially when we was working on the second album, because Boston Storm had left at that time, and right. they had actually did the, went to LaFace. They got to right. deal with LaFace, but 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 Universal decided to keep me. But I had no representation in that building, so I would be oh. in the meetings. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. And so, like you said earlier in our conversation, you know, they don't want you to know certain things. They don't yes. want you to be in these meetings. Like, that was frowned upon frowned upon for being in these meetings and asking questions because this is not normal for an artist. You know yes. what I'm saying? Not, yeah, right. To be privy to what is really being said by those suits right. in the building. Right? Like, and like you said, like, so if you, back then, on record labels, if you didn't have somebody championing you, right. they'd be going to fight for you. Right. And so and, and so I was saying, like, I, I was uh, I was keeping track of my record sales and it would always pop up, you know, what I'm saying like, you know, certain things in certain places I would look and say 213,000, 220,000, 300,000. I really again, going back to if I took a deeper dive, I really, truly believe that many faces went 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 gold. I, I think it went 500,000. I'm pretty sure. Easy. Man. You see what I'm saying? Because if you if you were able to have an album that was 37 weeks on the Billboard chart here in the states, facts that has to that has to bring waves, facts globally. Yep, this is the toughest market in the world to break. Yep. So just by that default alone, you have to have a base other places. Yep. Yep. It's just by default alone, right? Right. And I'm sure if I took a deeper dive, we could find something. I'm sure that we can get a a, a, a gold plaque, you know what I'm saying, I'm from, uh, from RIAA, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you, and you, you, honestly, but you should look into that because it's, because if anything, you, you deserve to at least know. You deserve no doubt. To know. As no doubt. As nowadays, man, with the internet, you know, if there's if there's any way I can help, and we could talk about that off, off the podcast, but no doubt. if there's any way I can help to facilitate that in any way, uh, just let me know. I have some friends in several parts of the world that uh did that that I think could help you, man. So okay, I appreciate yeah. that, brother. Yeah, I man. definitely no, appreciate that. No man. worries, bro. No worries. So yes. so here's here's my friend. So now you are you're a hip hop artist. You are you've had some success. So mm-hmm. what makes you now want to say I want to go become an attorney? Mm-hmm. Like like there had to be an experience, something that happened. Because so you don't want to go and do something like that. Cause remember, you went to school for communications. Right. So it wasn't like you were like, okay, my background, I was gonna go do be a lawyer anyway. It just kind of made sense, right? I wasn't going back to school, man. That wasn't my you already know. Right, right, right. So what what, what I'm saying is you what I'm saying is you initially went to school back in the days to be to be to for communications. Right. So for you to go to law school, right. 
I'm just saying, like, there is no... Ten years, ten, keep in mind, go to law school 10 years later, after I graduated. Right. See, that, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're hitting it right on the head. I had no intentions on going back to school, so it had to be something that triggered it. You see what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. So what was that? So what was that? Yeah. It was the music business, period. <laughs> Meaning, you know, the deal that I signed was pretty standard for back then. You okay. see what I'm saying? It was it was it was what most artists were signing back then, right? Okay. You you did a you did a you know you get ten points. That's actually actually it's kind of good back then. The fifty fifty publishing uh, 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 deal that I signed, I was compensated for it, but there were certain things that happened with that. I was supposed to get ten thousand dollars and never got it. The reason why is because when I signed my deal, I hired. And this is going to why I became an entertainment attorney, because I signed my deal and I hired uh, a lawyer to negotiate my deal. Okay. Did I say an entertainment lawyer? No, no. I hired a, a, a corporate lawyer. Ah, you see what I'm saying? They really had no clue on the nuances. And that's and that's major, right? That is a major direction. Major. People always think, oh. Well, I'm gonna have a lawyer. No, make sure they, they should make sure they're vested in the entertainment and they have experience in entertainment law. That's right. So that was trigger number one. Yeah. Okay. And and I didn't get, but I didn't. But please understand, I didn't get it at the time. Yeah. These are yeah. things that I discover later. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So so that's trigger number one. Trigger number two. Or so so when I signed this deal. And then now, you know, we, we, we're in D.C. at the time, okay. but then okay. things are happening so fast. You know, I got to move to New York, you know, to get started in the process of creating or working on the album. Well, during that process, I lose my contract. I don't know where it is, my copy at least. So I call my entertainment or my corporate lawyer, right? My <laughs> lawyer at the time. Once he gets that check, which is 3% or four Five, three to five percent of. You didn't hear from him again. <laughs> never heard from him again. Don't know where he is to this day. Wow. You see what I'm saying? So, so that, so I lose my contract. So by right though, by storm is supposed to present a copy of the contract if requested by your attorney. So I got yeah. hired a new attorney. We requested it, but when I get the contract back, it says in exchange. It says. For 50% of your publishing, it, it, it did say 50% of your publishing, you are to receive $10,000. But by the time I get a copy of this contract back, it says 50% of the publishing, you'll get back a dollar. Wow. So they took away the zeros. You know what I'm saying? And that's my fault, though, because I lost my copy of the contract. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's trigger number two. And I'm going to tell you how that comes into play. Okay. Uh, Trigger number three is while I'm signed, I create this album again, not understanding the tracking of the sales. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Not not to say that that's the the the, the attorney's uh, job description, but it speaks to things that go on outside of you as the artist creating the record and. Yeah. And being the, the 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 entertainer, star on stage, things like that. Right. There's right. parts of the business that are really the key components to you actually making money. Money. Yeah. <laughs> and these <laughs> triggers that happen, you know, because these triggers that end up prolonging your agreement, 
that you don't even know kick in. That's right. Now, there's verbiage in there that you ain't supposed to know. There's little words. That's all, right. And it's because it's worded this only. This is how they get you. That's right. Jargon of it. It's That's like, right. Only worded this way for a reason. We gotta word it like this so so it can trigger what we need to trigger. And so now you are out of a now you you're, you're locked into a contract that should have got you out in five years. It's fifteen years and you're still in the contract. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So so you know it's it's all of these little experiences. And when I finally get dropped, you know what I'm saying, and I gotta reevaluate you know, what my next moves are, you know, because I'm still, you know, what year is this now? What year? Is huh? this? What well, year? This is 2001. Okay. This is 2001. So I'm still creating music. You know, I'm still, you know, putting out records. I put out another independent single uh, called Ready, Willing, and Able that was actually funded by Marlon Wayans. So we did that, shot a video. Um, and and we're still doing things actively with regards to the music, is, you know, as far as the music is concerned. But because we don't have that major label budget, because we don't have that major label advance, the money is slowly dwindling. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So, so now we got to really start making some changes. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are, what are you going to do? How are you going to pivot? And so I really, and I tell the story all the time to everybody that I talk to, I get down to my last $7. And so with that last seven dollars, it's like, okay, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go get, you know, some fast food, eat that, and then what? It's a wrap. So I'm a very spiritual person, man. Yeah, I go yeah. to church and I put it in the plate. And really it's 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 a it's a it's a symbol, it's symbolism. It's basically a gesture. I'm really giving all my troubles and worries to God. That's what right. that represented. And so a week later, I get a call from Wayne Barrow, who is Mark Pitts' cousin. Um, and he's the president of Boss Storm. And he tells me, hey, man, uh, Universal has a check for you, but they don't have an address to send it. So, you know, uh, he, call this number and let them know, you know, your address and they'll send you the check. So I call. After I make that call, a week after that call, I get a check in the mail for $7,000. Wow. Then a week after that, I get another check in the mail for $57,000. Wow. And so, you know, off track, like when, when people want to have this discussion about, you know, God and all of that, I don't even, I don't even get into those discussions. You know what I'm saying? About, hey, hold on. Tracy, Tracy. okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So you get the check for $57,000. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now what happens? And so. Yeah, yeah. And so, like I said, I don't I don't get into these discussions about faith and all that other kind of stuff, um, because I know my circumstances. I know what I've been through and I know how, you know, my faith has, has pulled me through. You know what I mean? So, right. you know, I get this check now. You know, we back on our feet a little bit. We pay off some 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 student loan stuff. And now it's like, OK, now we got this money. What do we do, man? And so. I think back to all of those things that we talked about, you know, experiences in the in the business and what type of lawyer I had. And, you know, there's no telling how many other artists are going through the same things that I'm going through. You know what I'm saying? And no, and and I've seen and we've all seen these stories repeat itself with regards to, you know, artists, you know, not getting their fair share of, of, of what's coming down the pipeline with regards to royalties and things like that. And who's actually representing these guys, you know what I'm saying? Or, or or women in this in this business in the proper manner. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, who better than, again, we get this revelation, who better than somebody that has some success, had some success in the business that 
had uh, 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 has been able to navigate through the business and create kind of, you know, th these things and situations um, in this game that can possibly be a figurehead that somebody that is coming up in the game can look up to and say, hey, man, I remember when we used to do this, that, and the third. So, you know, for, for you to want to be able to give back and, and, and help navigate and guide somebody like myself, you know what I'm saying, like the, the, the artist is coming up, um, and help them to see things that you saw in order to be able to create a situation where, you know, we can make better deals for ourselves and, and put ourselves in a position to actually make some money out of this game, then why not? you be that person, you know what I'm saying? And so with that, man, it's like, I just said, hey, we're going to law school. We're going to learn it from a basic level. We're going to go to law school. We're going to get the degree. You know, we're going to get the Juris Doctor. So I went to, to law school in 2003, graduated 2006, passed the bar in 2007 and been a licensed attorney, you know, for the last 14 years, not only for myself, but for others that are coming up in the game. And not only does it help people from that perspective, but it also creates a brand now. You know what I'm saying? Now you're talking about somebody that is a major label recording artist, right? That That is now, or was a major label recording artist with some success that is now an attorney that is unprecedented and unheard of. It's never been done before. It's never, never been, been done before. before. You know, you're the one of one. I don't know any artists who are on a major label who has success that has made a full pivot to practicing law. Right. Actively. You know, maybe right. some people may have maybe have a bunch of school or maybe because there's people that go to, that have a law license but don't actively practice. Right. Know, right. And represent and represent and represent clients. Man, that, that's right. Yeah, you know, that, 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 that's super dope. That is super amazingly dope. Thank you, brother. So who been some of your clients? Like I said, Eric Robeson, who you work with, you represented. Uh, Eric Robeson, Algebra Blessed. We're going to start with the end. They're, they're two key cogs in the independent market, in the independent yeah, arm of the game, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, They've yeah, been yeah. doing it for years. Like, you talking about, you know, uh, true royalty with both of them cats, man. Yeah, I, um, I, yeah. I remember hearing about Eric Robeson in the Music Fan First Days. Yes, yes, yes. That album was crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Like I said, at Terry Bellow, at Terry Bellow's conference. In yeah. International Soul Media Summit. That's the first time I ever saw Eric Robeson. And he's an amazing performer. Yeah. Amazing yeah. performer. Um, he's doing independent thing long before it was cool to do it. You're talking about 20 years. He's celebrating 20 years of being an independent artist this year. So he started, you you do the math, he started in 1991. You know what I mean? Um. No, I'm sorry, 2001. I'm, my math is all messed up. Yep, 2001. Uh, as an independent artist. He was signed to a major um, at one time, but as an independent artist in 2001. But beside that, I've, I've done work with Solange Knowles, Kelly Rowland. Um, okay, um, okay. Um, a company that represented Kobe Bryant. Uh, DJ Young Guru, who was uh, Jay-Z's engineer yep. and tour manager. Um you know, everybody knows Guru. Um, among among some other people, you know what I'm saying? But but yeah, that is that you work, that's you work with independent artists. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and and I and I like and I'm at a stage now where especially now because the independent market is so wide open, but there's a lot of cats that just don't know, still don't know the basics. They, right. they, they and, and it's amazing to me. They um, don't. 
you you consider yourself an independent artist, but you don't know the basics. Of, you know, and that's fine. You know what I'm saying? So what I try to do is at least, you know, before we start talking money and charging and all that other stuff, I try to equip people with knowledge. I, I, I've been I've always been a firm believer of I've, I've never been a firm believer of the game is to be sold, not to be told. I think that's right. bullshit. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. That's right. not how we advance as no, a people. Not, yeah, you can't just keep the knowledge to yourself. man. No, you can't. Like if somebody give you a shot, you got all especially if they give you a shot. You got to pay it forward, man. You gotta, that's right. You got to pay it forward. That's right. And artists got to understand they got you got to look. You need a special education. I preach this all the time. Most people on the record business don't have a degree that says music business. 99% yeah. of them don't. They did, right. You, know, you get in this game off a of relationship. Off That's of right. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And you come intern for somebody, whatever. So very few people go to school for music business, you know? Yep. yep. I was fortunate. So when I went to Full Sail University, I went for entertainment business. And so we had, at the school, we have an entertainment business track. We have a music business track. Only reason I started, I was going to switch over to music business, not because I didn't want to learn the business. I already knew the business going into it. But I went back to school so my dad could, wa could watch me finish college. That was just his thing. He wanted to That's dope, bro. Finish school. I was very fortunate. I got a free education. I have no student loan debt. I'm very blessed. Oh, man. That's a, hey, that's, yeah, hey, that's, that's everybody's dream. You know what I so, mean? Right. So um, the reason why I did not switch to music business was because of a technicality. It was so at full sale, they don't do the normal traditional six month course. The way it works there is worst of all, we are regionally accredited. So what that means is you can transfer credits in, you just can't transfer credits out. You cannot go to full sale and try to go to the University of Phoenix. It just doesn't, you know what I mean? You can't mm. use the credit. So that's how it works. So so for me, it was a technicality that was going to actually cost me more money to switch over at the time. Got you. But it's cool because it, it was the same program. So what I'm saying is, you know, I actually have a degree in entertainment business. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's dope, man. And like you said, that's a rarity. Like, both people you know what I mean? Both people yeah. don't have a degree. And not that you need one because you really don't. I mean, if, if you want to understand relationships and how to navigate that space, you can do just fine in this business. Yep. You know? Yep. So that's a bro, that is so cool though, because you like I said, Thank you, bro. there's nobody else that, and for you to have worked with the people you work with and now representing people that people already know, like I said, it's a solid brand. It's a solid and the thing brand. is, I'm, I'm always pro artist. And see, that's the other thing that was a motivator too, because there's a lot of attorneys in this game that are actually in cahoots with the label. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah, they're going to make more money that way. That's right. That's exactly why they're going to do it. That's that. right. That's right. And so that that's where I come in. Like, I, I'm literally pro-artist because I'm an artist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so you know, I, I figured that I could find my niche in that regard as well. You know what right. I mean? So people want you to, and people know you're going to fight for them. They know you're right. going to fight for them and do what it is that you're going to do. That's right. So, that's right. man, out of respect for your time, and I got so many, much other things I want to talk about. I know we got so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna commence it condense it down. Uh, okay. Um, I know I said I, I want to hold you too too longer. So, um, so you've also educated too. You yes. Time educated as a professor at uh, yes at Coppin State. State. Yes. Teach your music business. Yes, absolutely, and that and that's really my passion now, man. Like. 
you know, if if you if 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 I'm going to have, uh, if you want to call it a job, right? If I if my ideal job is to educate for the re- for the remainder of while while I'm here, because I do it naturally anyway. You see what I'm saying? Because right. if you have the knowledge, like we said, you pay it forward. So you know, you know, from a job perspective, if I, if I'm going to you know, make a living doing something that I'm passionate about. It is other than music. It is definitely, you know, being an educator. So, you know, I, I, you know, to this day, if I can find me a gig that, you know, will be able at, at, a, at a prestigious university, or what have you, you know what I'm saying? That would be an, that's something that I can do, you know, until I'm no longer here, man, because I have a passion for being able to talk to kids that have, you know, they could, you know, we have questions as a young person, you have questions, especially if you're passionate about it, you know what I mean? So, right. you know, I, that would be an absolute joy to be like, yeah, man, let's sit down and rap. I, Cause I can tell you some stories. We can get deep. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, so yeah, I did spend some time at Cobbin State uh, for a semester, and I got a, a taste of it. I always knew that I wanted to do that, but once I got a taste of it, um, it's unfortunate. Not, not, let me not say that. It's not unfortunate because the reason why I had to leave is because my son was was uh, my 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 wife was pregnant with my son at the time, and we already had a um, you know a young daughter. She was two years old. You know what I'm saying? So you know it got kind of hectic around the house. So I had to sacrifice that just to be you know supportive of my of my family. But if I'm ever to you know get that you know be fortunate enough to get in a position like that again, man, I'm I'm taking that all day. That's that's awesome, man. That is awesome. Uh, you've been a keynote speaker at the symposium for singing music and arts in Saint Lucia. Yes. That's cool. So you have you have a background, a Caribbean background like that? No. Um uh, a friend of mine, a great singer, uh um she and, and I'm a part of the um uh, recording academy, right? Okay. The chapter here in DC. Uh, and there's a singer by the name of Tracy Hamlin. I call her Big Sis, man. She's known all over the world. Um she did a symposium in the Caribbean, like a year, she does a, a yearly symposium in the, in the Caribbean. And this particular year, she's like, hey, man, you want to come down to St. Lucia and speak and, and, you know, talk about the music business from your perspective and all that? I was like, what? <laughs> a free trip to St. Lucia to talk about right. something I love? I, come on, man. What do you mean? It, that shouldn't even been a question. It should have been like, yo, your ticket is waiting for you at the counter, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, man, that was right. a great experience, man. Awesome. Awesome. And currently now you, you sit on the board of the recording. You just mentioned that for D3 yes. chapter. Yes. Also a member of the Black Entertainment Sports Hall, Beesler. Yes. Green Actors Guild. Yes. And, you know, and and then we have the American Federation of Television and, and Radio Artists also known as AFTRA. Yes. So my question is, is there a lot of people of color, but do you see a lot of diversity at the, on, at these, on these particular organizations? Is there a lot of that going on? Um... Well, definitely in the Recording Academy in our chapter in D.C. Now, nationwide, yeah. might be something different. But in D.C., we're, we're one of the most diverse chapters uh, uh, in the Recording Academy. And we do a lot of programming geared around that. Matter of fact, uh, yesterday I was a part of a program um, in celebration of Black Music Month and, you know, Father's Day. You know, it was it was, uh, you know, people on the board or in the chapter picking out particular songs, you know, 
speaking to being a father, you know what I'm saying? And then relating it to your personal experience, you know what I'm saying? And man, you talk about not, not only was it, you know, relative and informative, but it was therapeutic for a lot of people that were talking, you know, talking about their upbringing, talking about, you know, either having a father in their home or the lack of, you know what I'm saying? Um, and how it affected you as a father now, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, they're, they're powerful uh, 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 engagements that we have in this particular chapter um, that is, you know, like I said, I, we're probably the most diverse chapter uh, in the Recording Academy. I, w- I would venture to say uh, uh, so, so yeah, in that regard. Now, as far as SAG and AFTRA, um, not so sure. I'm not, as, I, I'm a member of, of the Screen Actors Guild, but I'm not as engaged. Right. You know I was going to say, do you, you don't do a lot of stuff in, as far as, you don't do a lot of stuff in film and TV, mostly music? Um, well, my, my wife is a filmmaker, so we okay. do a lot of independent film, uh, stuff here. Okay. Uh, um, but as far as, other than the credits that you read from the nineties, as far yeah. as our list is concerned, that was really like the last, and, and other than what I've, you know, collaborated with, with, with my wife, cause she's done two shorts that I've been in. Right. Uh, I haven't done too much in that space, even though I would love to, I would love to, uh, 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 uh another venture or another road that I would like to travel, um, is, uh, uh, voiceovers. Okay. I'm very interested in doing vo- voiceovers. Um, yeah. Shout out to uh, Paul Porter. He talks about all the talks about vo- my sister. Yes, my yes, yes. Paul Porter, the OG. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I had him on. I had him on. This, I had he had him on. He had him on my podcast. He was, I think, episode eight. Yes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's a great OG. I met him on Clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my guy right yeah, there. Yeah, good dude. Good, real good dude. Yeah. So he's had a lot of voice. My sister's actually a voiceover actor. Actor. Oh really? Well, yeah, she's in the industry as well. She she's more on the she does comedy filmmaking. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, mo- I mostly I'm mostly behind the scenes in the recording space. She doesn't really spend a lot of time on uh-huh. this side of the this side of the the ball, so to say. But mm-hmm. she's doing her thing, man. She's in New York. She lives in New York. She moved back up to New York a few years. That's what's up. She's doing that's her thing. Up. But oh man, so that's what's up, man. Look. There's so many other things we didn't get a chance to cover on this episode. Man, we 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 could be here for we could yeah, be here for days, brother. I to do a part two for this, man. But I respect for your time. Yes, I want to get back to your family. So, uh, where can the people find you? We are gonna have a part two, by the way, guys. Okay. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we got to continue this, two. man. We're gonna cover a lot more things mm-hmm. from um, from Tracy's perspective. Uh, uh, we have a part two, so we're gonna definitely bring him back, but. Uh, I respect for his time. I want to. I want to respect that and, and wrap things up. But I appreciate where, you, brother. Where can where can people find you and get connected to you? Oh yeah. Um, you know, let's start with social media. I'm on IG at Tracy Lee E S Q. That's T R A C E Y L E E E S Q. You can also find me on Twitter at Trey Lee T R A Y L E E. But more most importantly. Um, Anything dealing with music as well as uh, from the legal perspective, you can go to TracyLeeMusic.com. That's T-R-A-C-E-Y-L-E-E Music.com. That's where my latest album right now that's out. That's called Glory. Uh, along Fire, with, by the way. Fire. Yes. Yeah, thank you, brother. Uh, and Glory, the manuscript, which is actually the book 
that is paired with the album. And then mm-hmm. now we're creating Glory the Movie, which are going to be 12 videos to, 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 to you know, complement the, the, the music as well as the manuscript. Um, and then we're working on the, 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 the stage performance, if you will, called Glory the Monologue. So, you know, just be on, on the lookout for all of these things that we are preparing and, and continuing to market and to promote this, this project. And I know we didn't get to talk about it, but I'm, I'm so proud of, 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 of the album. Um, and, and we'll get into it in part two. We'll, we'll save that yeah, for part two. Yeah, there's so much, man. We could be here for literally four hours. And, and <laughs> had a bit of technical difficulties tonight, and I don't want to hold you for another you know, <laughs> hour and some change to get and cover it all. all so all good. Yeah, all we'll, good definitely gotta, we'll definitely have to cover it in the next part. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But now I appreciate you, D. Hey, I man. appreciate you, brother. I, I, like I said, I'm so glad we, we, we connected, and now we get to build a relationship. That's no one doubt. thing I love about not having my podcast is it gives me a platform to uh, give people a chance to share their stories as yes. well as give me a chance to continue to build with them and build new relationships because that's why I got into this industry, man. It's people mm. and relationships. The end of the day, the end of the day is people and relationships, and that's what I'm great at. You know, I was born with a disability, uh, but I really feel like, man, to be honest with you, there ain't nobody out here like me doing what I'm doing. I, I, I agree with that. With the relationships that I have, there's really nobody out here like me in this, and I really feel like I have a platform to hopefully show people in special in the special needs community that man, this guy's out here doing it, and I'm doing it in a non-industry city. You know, I, I mean? know in Orlando, bro. That's right. that's they, beautiful, right? Right. So, and I'm and I work with a lot of clients. I'm fortunate enough to have helped a lot of independent artists across the country who give me a shot. Uh, just because they like my energy and I and they like the fact that I have the expertise and I know who I'm talking to, you know, yeah. independent artists at the ground level of their careers who need the direction and guidance that I have. You know, I'm I, I don't play in that one percent arena. That's not the arena for me. No you doubt. Because you know, the odds of people getting to the one percent is slim to none. So I rather just I rather just play on the other side where I can have a much bigger impact than trying to get somebody to the major label status when it's probably not going to happen for them anyway. They need you, bro. They need you. They need they need more soldiers out there like you, brother. And I salute you for that, man. Salute, salute, you, man. salute. I appreciate you guys. So with that all being said, we're about to sign off. This is your host, Darrell Peart. This is episode 27 of the Encouragers by our podcast. Until next time, I'm out of here. Peace. Peace.